0: We hold these truths to be self evident, that all men are created equal. But today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every
1: Tuesday to be a part of that journey. The following, following the following is a journey, into comic. journey into
0: comics. Journey into, comic. journey, into comic. journey into comics. Journey into comics. Journey into comics. Network. Network, 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 Networks. Networks. production. Production.
1: Went forward in time. To view alternate futures.
0: To see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you see? Fourteen million six hundred and five. How many did we win?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin.
0: You should have gone for
1: the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 255. As always, I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me, he is the hot sauce of the Journey Into Comics Network. Welcome back to the episode. Our co-host, you know him, you love him. He is the mimic mime of Wreck-It Ralph Kingdom. (laughs) Welcome back once again, Tyler. How's it going?
0: It's good. It's a nice. It's been a nice lazy Sunday. Uh, you and I just had like an hour and an hour and a half pre-show. We've got a lot of big plans planned for the journey into comics podcast.
1: We scheming over here. We be scheming. Mm-hmm. I scheming almost, and dreaming.
0: I almost went a little bit Shatner with that, and I was I was starting to get ashamed of myself, so I had to stop. Otherwise, it would really oh, kept be- going.
1: Oh damn! I don't think you should have been ashamed of yourself. I think it would have been fine, but uh,
0: I love huh? to talk.
1: Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, no, you are right. We do have some stuff planned. We are scheming and dreaming. Um, we caught up. I think we kind of decided, and this is important to note to the audience. That unless it's like Voice of Survival or something, and we're on together, we're gonna try to keep our catching up to off air. Because if we were to do that, our shows would become like five and a half hours long. Because well, and,
0: and, and sometimes, like, you know, uh, if you and I catch up, you know, because we're, we're in contact pretty much every day. Totally. So, I mean, like, the, the little bit of catch up that we had today about, you know, you playing in Ohio and stuff like that, like, of, of course I want to hear that. Um, but, like, most of the general stuff we talk about every day... So absolutely, you know, if if, at some point it becomes like we've caught up and then we we catch up again as soon as we start recording. And that's, you know, it's not real. It's not fresh. We've already had the conversation. So
1: it's like it's like, you know, I hate to say it so vulgarly, but like jerking each other off for no reason. Like, here we go. We're we're just trying this again for whatever (laughs) reason, you know, like. No enjoyment or love. You can see it on the screen. I'm doing the jerk off motion. Mm -hmm. The audience can't, but I clearly am.
0: Something something that is new and relevant. We're trying out some new technology, uh, a different way that we are seeing and hearing each other. And you know, I'm I'm glad that we had the long pre-show that we did because it allowed us to kind of hone in and and uh, you know tweak that the way that we needed to. And we've been talking about trying some stuff for a while. So hopefully, fingers crossed that. that this goes well. Like, I mean, we've been talking for an hour and a half, and and other than the initial issues that we had, we haven't had any, the entire time frame, so. Exactly,
1: exactly. And I'm excited, too, because, you know, when you use, I mean, Brando and I, through necessity, not through want, but through necessity, had to decide how to record together. Mm -hmm. for the very first time in this kind of format, that's really the birth of Journey into Comics way back in episode five or six or whatever, is him calling in because Caitlin had hit a deer. He couldn't drive over like we had planned because I was at my dad's house for the weekend. It was going to be like a great catch up and who knows how it would have went if we would have been face to face. It could have been a totally different conversation, made the show different, who knows. But Mm -hmm. what ends up happening is what we have now where we know how to record each other, record our own shit, and then... Put the two tracks together to make a thing. But lately, Skype has been like, you know what? Fuck you. We're going to have crazy glitches. We're going to drop the call completely. We're going to have all these quality issue errors and whatnot. And, you know, like you said, we've been on Facebook Messenger now for like an hour and change to no real problems other than things that were actually our computers and not the actual thing we're trying to work with, which is great mm-hmm. to note. And once we got those little bumps figured out, it was like, ah, we got this. We're golden.
0: And you know, we we recorded for you know like a half an hour to forty minutes of that time frame just to make sure we didn't have microphone ble- bleed ble- bleed through um, and and whatnot. You know, I I'm watching the stuff on my end pretty close because for some reason my recording setup has has a tendency to bleed. Audio from different sources in when it shouldn't, um, you know. So it's 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 an ongoing uh, journey, no pun intended, for ah, for ah, us ah. for us to kind of figure out, you know, technologically how everything's supposed to fire on all cylinders. And I think that's you know that's network wide because we we don't we don't all record in a studio. We don't all record with the same equipment. You know, we don't. You and I use different uh, audio platforms, or not audio platforms, but recording platforms uh, to get our stuff. And you know, it's it's, it's sometimes it's a uh, it's an arduous process to, to get everything you know dialed in and, and where it needs to to be because you know as a network we continue to crank shows out every week you know because we like to do it and and we want our listeners to have the best quality content as possible so
1: we don't want you to listen I mean listen one thing I will say I go back and listen to old journey into comic shows and there's some shit that I said that I'm just like why did I say it like that like I know what I meant to say but why did I say that like I would say things like we're not professional no I don't mean we're not professional what I'm really saying when I meant when I said that back in the day was like I don't want to edit out real live moments when you're in a moment with a podcast, especially mm-hmm. if you're in the room with people, you know, and have like a crazy funny thing that's weird or something happen. You don't, you know, just, oh, we, we're not going to use that, skip over it or whatever. But like here, I want to make sure that when you're listening to it, it's not a jumbled fucking mess either. And, you know, I think last week we maybe had, was that last week we had a little bit of an issue or was that two weeks ago now at this point?
0: No, that was last week
1: where we had a little bit of an issue where we were kind of on top of each other in some of the spots because of how bad Skype's lag was. And I remember we came away from that conversation going, whatever it is, I don't care what, and we weren't angry. Obviously we were just very much on the same page about it. Just like, however we need to, this has to change. We have to Mm -hmm. come up with a better way to record the show because we don't want to sit here and do 22 hours of editing right before a podcast has to go live and, and and worry about it, we can be live and edit ourselves. We're good like that. We can be mm-hmm. on the fly and know how to kind of steer the ship and whatnot and all those things. So
0: mm-hmm. totally, I hope. Totally agree. Nope. Okay. You, you said it perfect.
1: Yeah, but I was just, you know, it's just like I want to – um. I want to give you guys the best of our show, especially now that Tyler and I are really firing on all cylinders. I've had people say to me really nice things about you as my co-host and that our, you know, our flow is incomparable and it's different than Brando, which is great because you're not Brandon. You and Brandon are two different people and you and me have a different relationship than you and me and Brandon and me and you and Brandon and all that. So, Mm -hmm. Now that we're here and firing on all cylinders, we can finally, like, gear up and into the show, man, because there's a lot of different things we can kind of riff on and talk about. So I want to know where on the things that I threw your way today, what was it the most shocking? Like, oh, man, I can't believe this dropped. I can't believe this is happening.
0: Uh, Let me go through the list real quick. Sure. Um, I know I
1: kind of just, like, threw that oddball question at you. I know that's, like, a spur-of-the-moment thing.
0: No, but actually, before the, I, I had it in my head. I just had to remember um, where it was at kind of in this list. Uh, I saw this early, early this morning because I do this thing where I get up so early regularly, like on the weekend when I want to sleep in, I get up at the ass crack of dawn. And, uh, you know, I, I saw this almost immediately when I got up this morning that Kevin Conroy is slated to play Bruce Wayne in The Crisis on Infinite Earths. And I think that's incredible. You know, I I've liked like like any um you know, any like any 90s kid, Kevin Conroy had a part had a part of our childhood locked down. So, to see him kind of brought back into the fold and recognized, you know, I I I definitely dig that for sure.
1: You know, and I think CW does such a great job of knowing how to recognize those people that did exactly what you said, shaped their childhoods, because mm-hmm. the people that are running those CW shows are our age and a little bit older, and it happened to them, too, and guess what? Now they're in control, and they're like, oh, we're going to do it fucking right, you know?
0: hmm And it's well, like... Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Jinx, but... Folk, uh folk, you owe me a Coke, dog. You know, we're, we're, u- we're used to that Skype lag, so uh when i said go ahead I, I i expected you to go ahead and keep talking and then 5 minutes into it say oh no you go ahead um <laughs> like kanye i'm gonna let you finish but uh no i mean i i think we've set it you know we've set the precedent on this show our opinions of, of kind of the the dc and warner brothers cinematic universe and you know and all the trials and tribulations and controversy you know, in the studios and with fans and actors and, you know, that whole shebang. We've said it time and time again, they need to look at how successful their CW shows are. I mean, there's a lot of people that will talk about how The Arrow has been, you know, an up and down show. It it doesn't matter what show it is. When you have a show go past the three season mark, it's going to be... It's going to be an arduous process for a little bit because I I don't care if you're Stephen King or Neil Gaiman or, I mean, you throw Lawrence Kasdan, you you throw any major, uh, any writer out there, like, especially with a TV show, something that's episodic, not every single episode is going to be a banger. Yeah, not
1: every single dart is going to land.
0: Yeah, not not every episode are you going to introduce a new villain and then have 10 episodes of build up and then have have an an, an ultimate a pentacular climax. You know, it, like you got to slog through the mud to get to the gold. I mean, every show is that way. It doesn't matter what genre it is, they're all that way. So they need they what? need to look at at they need to look at the shows and and take a good look at them.
1: Absolutely, because their shows are like, here's how you do it right. Um, one thing that's interesting to note, too, is they're also going to bring Black Lightning into this. That's mm-hmm. a CW show that has not at all played in that universe. They've been separate. So you've got Brandon Routh that's going to be two characters. He's going to be the Legends of Tomorrow, Adam. He's also mm-hmm. going to be Kingdom Come Batman or Kingdom Come Superman, my fault. Yep. Uh, John Cryer is Lex Luthor. Okay, so that's a Supergirl tie-in. like Their tie-in's brilliant, but dude, beyond that, I don't know if you saw this. They are forcing a one-month break during their crossover event.
0: I, I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing.
1: No, it's brilliant because they're going to leave you on this crazy cliffhanger, and I'm thinking it was The Flash that I read was the third show. Let me pull that up right now. Whichever show it was... Um, They, uh, you know, having this one month break, they're coming back to Arrow. You know that that's one of the final episodes of the season of Arrow. It might be the last episode of Arrow if I'm thinking that they're doing a shortened season, you know. Let me see if I can pull this up.
0: Uh Uh-oh. We got into some lag-tastic. Oh, did I get you back? Yep, I'm here. I'm still here. Okay, yeah, you you froze up on me.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Uh, we just, yeah, what we I
0: was—we hype this up after we've talked for for almost two hours at this point. And now's now's when it's going to start when we're recording.
1: It's like let's test you, bitches, see how good you really are. Um, I'm looking up the uh, the schedule for the crossover event, and where the fuck is it? I just had it, and then my page refreshed. Ah, here we go. I found it still with me? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about this here, because we've got it. Oh. They're playing a trailer. Okay. So it's Supergirl starting the event off on Sunday, December 8th. Then Monday, the 9th, Batwoman. Then Tuesday, the 10th, is The Flash, as I assumed. Uh, And then they're taking a one-month-and-four-day hiatus into 2020, Arrow will return Tuesday, January 14th. Legends of Tomorrow will wrap this up on Tuesday, January 14th as well. So it's going to be a back-to-back two-part finale.
0: Mm -hmm. I I think that's great.
1: Um, And, I mean, it's really brilliant because they are doing the Crisis on Infinite Earths storyline. And then they recently revealed the most recent trailer for the season of Arrow. And it's revealed that instead of it being Flash vanishing, missing from a crisis... It's mm-hmm. Arrow, and we learned from the crossover that happened last season that Arrow made a deal with the monitor to save his friends. He didn't tell them what that deal was. It leads me to believe that he's gonna sacrifice himself instead of Barry being mm-hmm. the one like in the comics to die, which means that they're gonna really take him out uh, with with a bang. But it seems to me that it's a little, and I want your opinion on this obviously, but like it seems a little bit like uh, they're kind of doing the Tony Stark thing here again.
0: Well, I th- I think I, I- if you look at it that way, uh, or from that perspective, I think you're you're definitely going to draw the parallel there. Um you know, Tony Stark was the beginning or Iron Man was the beginning of the MCU. Arrow was the beginning of the uh you know, the CW kind of kingdom and y- you're definitely going to draw that parallel because Look at what they've created from such humble beginnings. I mean, you and I have talked about it on the show before. Did we ever think that the MCU was going to come out of Iron Man when we saw it in theaters? Absolutely not. Because, you know, unpopular opinion guy here. I don't. I don't really care for the first two Iron Man movies at all. Um, I. I actually have not watched the original Iron Man since I saw it in theaters. I. I didn't really care for it. So. You
1: should give it a second watch now that you're older and wiser. <laughs>
0: I mean, I you know I I will eventually. Um, you gotta do a bitter... that
1: twenty two, uh, twenty two uh, <laughs> or twenty three movie non stop event, dude.
0: I I don't I don't know if these old bones have it have it in them, but uh... I
1: tell you today I watched uh, just to quickly throw a tangent out there. Today I watched Infinity War into Endgame back to back.
0: How was that? Oh,
1: just fucking jizz worthy, man! It was so good. Like I I saw a shit. meme
0: I saw a meme this morning that's like. You know, twenty, thirty, four. I'm sitting on the couch with my son. He says, "Dad, let's watch Infinity War." You pop it in, you finish it, and dad, er, and and the son goes, "All right, let's watch Endgame now." And the and the dad goes, "You have to wait one year, four weeks, and three hours, <coughs> like your elders did. It's the Trial of the Elders, or something like that." And the kid's like, <laughs> "But no, no, dad, it's on the shelf." And he's like, "You must wait." like we had to um but yeah so i think it, it it's kind of hard such a big event like this you have your original character uh you know who who unless unless they pull some massive trickery who's going to be gone from the series going to be gone from the 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 CW uh catalog so to speak and as much as I, as much as I want to say, well, they're pulling that straight from Infinity War. I think with any any long uh, running series here, at least for the next three to five years, there's gonna be that syndrome. There's gonna be Tony Stark syndrome when when you have an important character in any any media who is ultimately gonna sacrifice themselves to save everybody. And you're going to be like, well, Tony Stark did it in Endgame. Guess they ripped that off. And you're going to do it unwillingly because of how important Endgame was to us. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, and impactful. I totally understand where you're coming from there. You know, and to kind of you know further elaborate on that with uh, the Tony Stark syndrome, as it were. Uh, he's not the first hero to sacrifice himself in history. You know, obviously there's a lot of characters that have done that. I just think it was executed so brilliantly, you know, and then mm. to quickly super tangent into this for just one brief second. Did you see the super cut that somebody did of uh, the final sequence of Endgame to Iron Man?
0: I can't shake my head anymore or else it'll fall off.
1: Dude, I can hear the dice rattling around, jingle, jangle, jingle, jangle, because you're just like, you guys, he was like fucking almost sucking a dick, he was bobbing his head so fast.
0: That's, that's actually a nickel, three dimes, and like uh, a Spanish peseta.
1: Okay, what is a Spanish peseta?
0: It's the currency that Spain used before they switched to the euro.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: It's a, it's a currency that no longer exists.
1: I love that. It's just randomly up there jingo janging around.
0: Yep, all that all that's <laughs> rolling around in my brain.
1: That means your brain is filled with loose change, conspiracy.
0: Mm-hmm. And some lint, maybe a couple buttons.
1: Ooh. Uh so that was like one of the coolest supercuts. Just, you know, Thanos, I am inevitable. He snaps his finger and then you hear the the thump of the bass drum do
0: do do
1: and that first wow it's just like oh here we go you know and then when tony says that he is iron man i'm just like man they they did this fucking perfectly Mm -hmm. like wow
0: surely you saw all the additional footage of everyone paying their respects to tony you know the bow down yeah. Yes, the the bow down, and then you get to see Pepper's final moments. You know th- that was one of my not to not to shift too hard away from DC, but you know since we're talking about it, you know in my first couple watches of of Endgame, um, you see Tony Stark's uh, death scene. The train of our existence has arrived this evening. Ooh,
1: yep, train of our existence decided to show up and bombard you. Mm-hmm. during the conversation about the extra sequence.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know that that final sequence with with Tony and with Peter and 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 Pepper it, it actually for how much in Tony's story the last the last few movies how much Pepper has meant to him and especially now that the child's involved and 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 all that I felt like I felt like that there should have been a little bit more of of, of Pepper sending Tony off than, you know, we did it, Mister Stark, we won, everyone's sad, and then the, and then straight to the funeral. You know, we talked a couple episodes ago about how they re-released it in theaters with the additional additional footage. You know, I would have much rather seen, uh, you know, the beginning stages of Pepper Potts moaning. Or not moaning, mourning. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> that, that's a little bit of a Freudian slip there. I may or may she, not. She's have a over there staring down Quill, diddling yeah.
1: herself like there's mm-hmm. no tomorrow. Yeah. She's like, "Give it to me, Star Lord."
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I would have much rather seen the beginning of that morning because it's 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 not just for Peter and for um, Pepper. You know, double P's there, the plosives really, really tongue tying me. Um, you know, we we see it at the beginning of Far From Home with with, you know, they do the the the, the quick, you know, intro video showing everyone who made the ultimate sacrifice, and instead of seeing a C a, a, an unrendered CGI model of Hulk with it where his mouth doesn't move, I would have much rather seen Pepper saying goodbye to Tony. You know. Ooh. so
1: Yeah, I think that would have been more impactful, but also I think minimalism is kind of important in this moment. Uh, you know, you really drive, in fact, the home that... It, yeah, he was a big deal to Pepper. He was a big deal to everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and that and that's the ultimate play, you know, and uh, I've been reading a lot of different interesting things about Endgame. I'm kind of glad we're on this train because I, I did read that apparently there was one point... They were considering um, including Red Hulk. Did mm-hmm. you know this?
0: Yes, I actually, so, I actually also saw this this morning.
1: So, uh, Christopher Marcus talking to Backstory Magazine um, when they asked him if uh, you know Smart Hulk, fleeting, you know, red tingled glow, uh, you know, something that they, you know, essentially we're joking, could it happen? And Mm -hmm. he said he actually entertained the thought for about a day. He says Red Hulk is a completely different thing in the comics. It would end up being, well, we just really would say that he changed colors. And that's not really a character change. And if there's a future for William Hurt as a superhero, he can turn into Red Hulk. Mm -hmm. So he's really laying the groundwork that he also would like to see William Hurt as Red Hulk. They didn't want to take away from that opportunity or possibility.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny that we get this news today because we, we talked about this on last week's show when I was going through my, you know, my 25, um, my top 25, basically, of of uh, comic book characters, and I think, it, it you know, I, I've said for a long time that I think Hulk needs to stay, you know, number one, it needs to stay Mark Ruffalo because he's... He's done a better job of playing both Hulk and Banner than, you know, the last two that we got. Um especially Eric Banner. I mean, I, I actually feel bad for Eric Banner for what he had to what what he's kind of been subjected to for for that role, you know.
1: Man, Engley's Hulk, what the wow. fuck?
0: Wow. I mean, I loved it at the time. I remember seeing it. I saw it at the drive in in Spain. Whoa, it, that's bitching. Mm-hmm. It it was it was incredible because um, I was living in Spain at the time. But um, I, I think if you're not gonna if you're not gonna keep uh, Banner and Hulk as a supporting character, you know I, I think that would definitely be the the smart play to just keep sprinkling him in movies that that makes his character relevant. Um, I don't particularly want a standalone Hulk movie unless it's gonna be. Red Hulk, I mean, why, like, it's just, if you're gonna do some Hulk shit, it needs to be Planet Hulk, Red Hulk, I mean, any of the major storylines, and I think they're gonna struggle doing any of them, unless some shit really, really changes.
1: Honestly, you know, there's a a Hulk, oh god, what, I can't remember what the fucking storyline exactly was, if it was, I don't think it was Immortal, or maybe it was just The Hulk. Mm Mm-hmm. But there was a series in 2015. Oh, God, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it was a 2015 Hulk series. I have the comic. It's, like, sitting over in my boxes right now. I'm looking right at them. But um, the first issue, uh, Banner takes a bullet to the head.
0: I I think that was Immortal Hulk, wasn't it?
1: No. I, I know because I thought Immortal Hulk issue one, the cover was, like, him coming out of the grave and this Hulk is like—I want to just say it's the Hulk. Let me see if I can pull this shit up, because
0: keep keep talking it, keep talking, Nate. I'm on it.
1: Okay, you're on it. So, anyways, you know, he he, quote unquote, he gets shot in the head, and like amnesia sets in, and he doesn't remember who he is as the Hulk. And I think that'd be a really interesting journey a version of ruffalo who's trapped within himself who doesn't realize he has the monster he's completely oblivious to the monster you know
0: Mm -hmm. is the is the cover hold on let me see if i can just screen share this to you
1: okay let me get over here is that a thing on this
0: it is actually holy
1: shit it is actually a thing no no i got
0: to i got to add an extension and i don't want to do that while we're recording
1: Okay. Okay. Let me. Let me. Um,
0: Is it um, Hulk number? Like I'm looking at a cover right now. It says Hulk number one. It's got some graffiti that says "Who shot Bruce Banner?" Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Okay. That was actually 2014, April 16th. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna read the description here. The writer was uh, Mark Wade. The cover ar- artist was Jerome O'Pena? Following the shocking events of last month's indestructible Hulk finale, Bruce Banner lies at death's door. If he survives, it won't be as the Bruce Banner we've known. How will the Hulk wreak vengeance on Banner's assailant? How can he?
1: Yeah. See what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just called Hulk. That's right. Mm -hmm. Hulk. Volume uh 1.
0: I'm looking at all the uh the cover art for this was a 16 issue run. Um a lot of I'm really digging the art.
1: Oh man, the art was beautiful.
0: It, it it's looking like you know the abomination is in Hulk number 2. Um number 3 looks like Captain Marvel is in it. Number 4 looks like Hulk is fighting the Avengers. Yeah. I'm going to have to pick this up.
1: Sweet. I'm glad that I just uh Lynch or just like um pointed issue, you in the direction of something that you'd be into.
0: Issue number 10 is Hulk versus Red Hulk and then at the bottom like in, in on this cover art Hulk is getting the the fuck beat out of him and in big like obnoxious yellow letters it says is this the last stand of Doc Green. And I fucking, I dig this.
1: I'm going through on Marvel's site as well right now because I didn't actually, I was really, it wasn't that the story didn't catch me, it's that I th- I feel like something happened and maybe they didn't release it right away or like mm-hmm. something happened and I didn't, I just forgot to order it or something. But I didn't mm-hmm. keep up with this series stupidly. And like, I'm looking through it like, fuck, oh, I would have loved that. What the fuck was I doing?
0: Well, maybe... Kitty uh, Pride. Yeah, issue I nine. mean, yeah. Um, issue number thirteen, Deadpool makes an appearance. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm thinking, you know, with some of the stuff that we've been scheming uh, in the background, um, that, that that maybe maybe this is something. Oh, hey, uh, if you're on the same website, that are you on Marvel's website? Yeah. Okay, go up to the top and click Show Variants.
1: For which one?
0: Just just hit the tab that says "Show Variants."
1: Okay, why do I and, not see that
0: tab? And then look at look at the number sixteen variant for the final issue.
1: Okay, let me. I'm trying to pull it up now. Cause I'm on Marvel's site. I don't know. Are like because I don't have a. The, oh, I do see variant covers now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoa. Mm-hmm. That white cover.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The Just, U variant. Yep. That's absolutely badass. And mm-hmm. I like the description of this. Hulk-sized grand finale to the Omega Hulk epic. The Hulk confrontation you've been waiting for. Doc Green versus Jen Walters. What is Doc Green's startling confession and the return of question marks betty ross plus Mm -hmm. the reveal of lyra the savage she-hulk's fate
0: also uh look at issue two and issue three uh both of the bagley variants of those those covers okay i'm actually i'm actually really digging this because we don't get to like unexpectedly nerd out on the show while we're recording very often and this is pretty nice
1: Hell yeah, I totally agree. There's so many... Let me tell you what. I, I give Marvel a lot of credit for laying their movie groundwork quietly mm-hmm. in their comic universe because there were so many great stories happening in the 2014, 2015 time, and that was really when I re-emerged into reading comics. They mm-hmm. did the Age of Ultron series, which was amazing. They had done Infinity, which was a series that was absolutely fucking stellar. You had the... Um, of uh what was it the uh uncanny Mm x-men all new x-men that story dude i tell you what i don't know how much in the x-men you are but the uh all new x-men story is fucking amazing
0: i've heard that from a few people i've talked to or or stuff that i've read that that it's definitely a must-have for for your collection
1: Well, you know, the the big thing about that story is that the all-new X-Men is told from such a strange perspective because it's still dealing with the very real fallout of what Scott Summers does to Professor Xavier with the Phoenix Force during the Avengers versus X-Men crossover, okay? With dealing with that, though, uh, the Beast, you know, Hank McCoy is like, I can't deal with this. I cannot go on knowing that Scott will do that to Professor X. So how Mm -hmm. can I stop that? And he goes, oh, I have such a brilliant idea. I'm going to use Reed Richards' technology to go to the past pull the X-Men from the past and bring them to the present and show them what the fuck happened and then send them back to the past so that they have the knowledge they need to have to not do the thing that happens. They'll know everything. I'll fill them in and be completely informed. So he goes and he gets the original blue and yellow teamed X-Men and brings them to modern times, dude. And like... There's this whole, like, mystique about Jean Grey, the her her old self, Marvel Girls, Jean Grey, finding out the truth about the Phoenix Force because it's, like, this not talked about thing. It's, like, taboo to s- discuss, and they, like, everybody, like, fears her because they think she's going to become this monster, and she doesn't even know it yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the story is super fucking brilliant. Um, I'm right now finally getting to that um, issue two variant cover. Oh, my God. Who shot us? I love that. And On look the, at
0: look at number three too.
1: Okay, let me let me next Let's see variant cover next. Oh, I love that he's catching the big ass rock.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've I've been you know I I texted you uh, not long ago and we we kind of had a brainstorm and I was like you know I I think. As much as, as as we've talked about it here lately, uh, with with my passion for most of the dark horse stuff, you know, Hellboy, Star Wars, Alien versus Predator, shit like that, I kind of thought that, you know, because I haven't bought a physical comic, shit in, in probably ten twelve years. I mean, Damn, it's, brother! It's, it's it's been over a decade for sure. Um. I think i I thought that dark Horse buying kind of their compendium where it's every issue in one book mm-hmm. um I thought that was gonna be kind of my my gateway back into comics, but I think this uh twenty fourteen hulk series is is now it for sure,
1: and I'm telling you that twenty fourteen Hulk series unless I'm completely oblivious to like a huge major reveal or some kind of um, insane. Pl- it shouldn't be impossibly hard to track down, and it shouldn't be insanely expensive. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of those we can probably fucking find you the entire run in the weekend. Cool. Um, you know it's interesting. We were talking about this off air a little bit, but like we we have this game plan of this thing that we're gonna do, and we're not gonna speak on it. But you know, um, we're we're scheming as we keep teasing, mm-hmm. and when you go and do this specific thing. I remember the first time I did this. A piece of merch found me. I didn't find it. It found me. Okay, so I am a big collector of the comic book Chew. I've talked about Chew a lot, Tony Chew, uh, you know, and and that crazy story. So um, I go to see to the to, to see this uh, booth, this place that I want to go to, at uh, this one year, and I am looking. And I'm looking, and this guy walks up to me. He's like, "Hey man, you look like you're into weird shit." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, what's <laughs> up?" Th- th- and he's th- like, th- th-
0: "Thanks there, bup.
1: And I was like, "Okay, cool." He's like, "Well, what kind of co- you know comics are you into?" And I, and I tell him, and he's like, "Oh," and I because I just mentioned Chew because at that time I was heavy into collecting it. He's like, "Dude, I have something for you right now. Wait here." And I'm like, "Okay." okay. And he comes back and he hands me issue two of Chew. And it's got like a hundred and twenty dollar price tag on it, and I'm like oh i don't I don't quite have that man and he's like, "I'll give you a deal right now, and he sold me this thing for eighty bucks, and it's the I have the entire run of chew now, thanks to that dude, like it was a crazy thing. I didn't find that piece it found me you know and then a, and in a different year I did this sim went to a similar kind of function. That we're scheming about. I'm being so elusive as elusive as I can be, tiptoeing around this shit. It's really difficult, but I'm doing a really good job, I think. But um, I went to this function, and then like a very cool pop vinyl that I don't actually have anymore. I sold it, but um, uh, the uh, Doctor Manhattan pop that glows in the dark. Mm-hmm. I had that for a time, and uh, that was an awesome experience. But um, yeah, man, I'm excited to get you back into the comic world because I'm just stupid collector, I guess. Like I have all these, I get all the things I love. I have something of it, you know, and I, I've, I've, it's really something that I was not expecting myself to get as passionate about, but then once you kind of get into the world of it and you get lost in it and you find other things you really like or a series that you didn't expect to get drawn on, like, you're going to pick up this Hulk series, hopefully. You're going to read it and be like, holy shit, I need more Marvel in my life. What else is good from that time frame? And like I was just telling you a couple few examples, there are like dozens of great stories that happened at that time. We talked about it last week. That was when they did the Deadpool kill mm-hmm. you know? So.
0: One of the things I think I'm excited to to get my hands on again because I know my dad has it for sure, and it's it's kind of one of those where... His comics and and my comics are, are all in one big collection, so they're basically our our comics. But like, there's there's things that I want right now. Uh, like I would love to have all of the the Cosmic Ghostwriter right now. Like, you know, there's a lot of people there's a lot of people that don't appreciate uh, Cosmic Ghostwriter, and it does it for me. So that's you know. As a as a as a collector who just brought up Chew, you know, uh, oh yeah. it, it it does it for you. It may not do it for me, but it doesn't matter because that's that you know that's what you're into. So, uh, I I would like to have all of Cosmic Ghost Rider right now, but I can't.
1: Put that in your brain too. We'll keep looking. Mm-hmm. We'll keep prize yeah. peeled, man.
0: Oh, oh no. When when we when we uh, go on this adventure. Uh, that we're planning I will have a list I will have a handwritten list of this is what I want we must keep talking keep talking you stay right there and keep talking okay so some of the other stuff uh that we've got list wise uh for topics this week um man let me
1: pause you right there because I I got the thing I wanted to get really quickly I wanted to show you
0: you're a lot faster
1: you uh, you said the word list. So this is one of my lists, bud. And this Wowzers. Is, this is the Amazing Spider-Man Master Checklist, okay? Uh-huh. There's a number on here. That number, I don't know if you can see it. 41? That's the total amount of Amazing Spider-Man comics that I need between issues 1... And one hundred. That's it. And then I have from one to seven hundred. Complete run.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I have checklists of all the comics <laughs> that I'm huge into. Amazing Spider-Man's got a checklist. Avengers, which is not one that I'm like super speedy about, but that's got a checklist. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fan- obviously
0: that's obviously not a seven hundred issue <clears throat> thing either.
1: Yeah, I I definitely cut it off after the first 150. Like, if I'm going to collect the first 150 of the way to go, the same can be said for Fantastic Four. It's like 200 issues. This is the one that I don't think I've ever really shown you, but it's going to definitely be a little treat when we visit next time because this page right here, my friend, is the Tales to Astonish Incredible Hulk page, and it's one of my most complete runs next to Spidey. Because I have almost all the Tales to Astonish Hulks, which... So what they did is, initially when they introduced Hulk, it was a six-issue mini-series. They didn't like it. There was the weird misprint thing. Originally, he was gray, and then he shifts to green because of the misprint. And they're like, oh, we're just going to fucking run with it. He's green now, you know? Um, so then it got kind of weird. Then they dropped it off completely, and then at issue Tales to Astonish, I think it was like 53 or 52, Hulk re-debuts as one of the two stories, I think, alongside of either Submariner or Ant Man or Giant Man at that time. Mm-hmm. It was Giant Man, because they had a couple amazing stories together and butted heads, and then they moved him back to his own series and they started at issue one oh two and then moved on. Man, and I've been a huge Hulk collector, so that's that's a list I have. Um, I've got my X Men list that's a lot more selective. It's all the shit that I really love and like. I was telling you none of the shit that's in the 60s and 70s because that's all the reprints they did, and I haven't collected any of that. Right. And then my final list, which I have not updated uh, in 20 issues, is The Walking Dead, Mm. which is now over and never made it to issue 200 as I had literally, I did this years ago, and it's stopped at 200. So I had a feeling, I guess. Anyways, that's the comics. Mm. Now we got some of the comics out of the way. What do where do we want to do now? What do we want to talk about? What do you want to discuss?
0: Uh I mean, do you do you have any more comments on on Red Hulk uh possibly being added into the MCU?
1: My thing is this, if you're going to do it, do it fucking fast. Because William Hurt, no offense, he's not getting younger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he's not waking up on the sunny side of the of the stage every day. He's getting he's getting on the on the on the sunri- sunset of the stage. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think that if you're going to do it, you do it for one movie or two movies. And if you do it, you either introduce him in a movie as a Hulk villain that then spins off into the first Thunderbolts movie where he makes the sacrifice play and that drives the Thunderbolts to have their own series. Or if you're going to give him a standalone, it's a one off standalone. Red Hulk, boom. You know, tell the story, give it its best iteration because. you can preserve it. It doesn't have to be a crazy six movie arc. We've already seen that they have a hard enough time doing a Hulk story, Mm -hmm. you know? And and I've said it before, I would really love for them to do a Hulk Spider-Man story. Mm -hmm. They've teamed up many times in the comics together and in the TV universe and everything else. Why wouldn't we want to see those two interact? My great question to you is, real quick, real quick, one last thing. Do you think Hulk's arm from Endgame now that we know it's going to be still damaged, like that's going to be a permanent cause to him, is going to change what kind of Hulk we see moving forward.
0: Possibly. I, I think now that the the Russos are, are, are detached, um, you know, at, at least temporarily, I think, you know, even, even though they put that statement out that said his arm's going to be permanently damaged, I think with... With the gamma radiation and and the and the character of Hulk, I think you know if we if we move past this professor Hulk, which I hate it i mean i'm I'm gonna go on record again I hate it it's awful um i I, th- I think it'll go back to normal the like maybe maybe two or three movies in from now if we see Hulk I think it it won't maybe go one hundred percent back to normal, but I think it'll be close.
1: I had an alternate theory on this. That's why I brought it up. Uh, what if Tony and the nanotech, because Tony obviously had nanotech and he knew how to use it. Banner saw the nanotech and was like, whoa, what the fuck is that? Like, wow, that was cool. Mm -hmm. And nanotech, do you like it? You know? Um, it's fresh in my mind. Like I said, I watched them back-to-back to back today, so I like have it in my head, you know? So mm-hmm. Banner's like all impressed by the nanotech. What's to say he couldn't make the nanotech allow his arm to operate and function and have some sort of not necessarily a gauntlet, but like a sleeve, almost Winter Soldier-esque mm-hmm. for that arm until it's healed or, and, you know, until whatever, however it's going to be done, you know, whatever yeah, they decide yeah. to do.
0: I mean, I, I think whatever, ultimately, whatever they decide to do, I'll be okay with it. Um but what I was gonna say to kind of close out Red Hulk, I think, you know, I would much rather have uh Thunderbolt be a one movie villain, not have the Thunderbolts I mean, because I like as much as I would like to see the Thunderbolts and the Fantastic Four and the X Men and and all these groups, you know, and then you continue uh the Guardians of the Galaxy and and every other team that we're going to see moving forward that just adds another one that they try and have to, sh- they have to try and shoehorn in somewhere, you know? So let, let Thunder Thunderbolt be like a one movie villain, send, send hurt on his way respectfully. And, you know, with, with being one of the best villains in, uh, the, you know, kind of the Hulk universe. And then I, I've read recently, you know, a lot of talks about bringing abomination back, let abomination be a reoccurring villain for for Hulk and for Banner, you know. Because even though the the Hulk movie with um, Ed Norton wasn't the greatest in the world, it was better than the than the Eric Bana one. And you know, if if you if you carry over that character, uh, Blonsky's got a fucking hatred for Banner and for Hulk now. You know, uh, let that play out. You know it it's not the most creative and original story, but if you want to make some more Hulk movies or, or have villains that are kind of Hulk caliber, um, you know, just keep, keep bringing abomination back.
1: I agree with you. 150%, man. I think that there are stories to be told with these characters, but you have to be chess piece about them. Mm -hmm. Use them in, in proper thing. And I think I love, I love what you said about Blonsky and, and bringing abomination back because Tim Roth's character kind of gets a shafty send off and there's not really a full resolve there and to, it, and to eventually bring him back in a different capacity maybe genetically enhanced you know maybe he was sent back to the lab and they worked on him more and they pumped him with more gamma shit and made him even crazier and even more fucking extreme and grotesque and whatnot like that's a cool story there's unresolved story with Betty Brant right is that how, is it is that right Betty Brant Am I fucking that up?
0: Uh, Betty, Ross. So. Betty, Betty Ross. It's
1: Betty Ross. Duh, I'm fucking stupid. Betty Brand's from Spider-Man. That's too many comic book characters in my head. That's just a thing. It really happens. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking forward to whatever the future of Hulk and uh, Red Hulk and all those characters are because it is so open now. There are so many possible, you know, different outlets for them to go. Uh, I'm going to totally shift gears right now on you because I just read something I don't think I sent you, but according to Kevin Smith, have you heard this yet? Mm -mm. The Justice League Snyder Cut does exist.
0: Wow. We called that. So
1: so here's what is said. This is very important, and it's actually really good to read. Um, Now, Smith says, while I've not seen it firsthand, and also to be clear, I know Zach, but it's not like we're fucking tight, son. He said, that being said, I've spoken now to enough people at various levels in that production. There is, in fact, a Snyder Cut, for sure. That's not a mythical beast. It exists. Now, also, it's not a finished movie by any stretch of the imagination. There were things that went away from the story that they shot that didn't wind up going into visual effects or anything like that. So I would assume, based on what I've been told, that large sections of that Snyder Cut are, you know, pre-visual effects with a lot of green screening. We're not talking about a finished movie. When people hear me say Snyder Cut, in their heads they think about like a DVD that they've seen on an extended cut or something that's finished. The Snyder Cut, that again I haven't seen, but the one that I've heard everyone speak of, was never a finished film. It was a movie that people in production could watch and fill in the blanks. It was certainly not meant for mass consumption." He goes on to finish with this. He says, I feel confident that the audience could handle the cut of the movie without being like, I think there's a common thought process probably within the studio. And again, no studio has said this to me, but I would assume that they're like, we can't show this to people. Uh, Yes, there is a Snyder Cut, but no audience would be able to look at this and see what the director's intent was, and I I actually disagree. That would seem like common wisdom because everybody always wants to put their best foot forward, but I think the audience now, particularly the audience that would consume the Snyder Cut and discuss it at great length, can watch it at work print. They can watch a work in progress and fill in the blanks in their head. Every every studio likes to make money. They do multiple incarnations of movies or videos all the time. They could just be one of these things. All they have to do is lend their audience a little more credence and be like, look, they'll get it. Put up a bunch of fucking disclaimers, including one from Zack himself at the head of going, obviously the movie wasn't finished, but here's what we were thinking. There's definitely a way to do it. They could definitely shoot a version of the flick that where, you know, they put Snyder into it explaining what would have went where and where it would have went. Um, But that's all he says. Yeah.
0: I dig that. I mean, when we talked about it the last time, I said that they need, that they should just Release it and let us watch it. You know, I'll pay for it if I have to, but you know, people like us would appreciate it.
1: Oh, totally. And I think it, like they said, it would give you an opportunity to kind of. And you know, I have an idea about this too, and I'm cutting myself off on my own idea, but that's okay. But like, it just hit me. Honestly, maybe the best way to do it would almost to be like to get the cast and crew together. And tell the Snyder Cut like a documentary where it shows the movie and as they're showing the movie there's behind the scenes stuff and you're seeing the things that they obviously filmed and you're talking to Ben Affleck and you're talking to Momoa now reflecting on the Snyder Cut and what the vision was and what they intended on doing and what the scenes that were cut, you know, um, meant to that version of the movie, I guess.
0: Totally. Totally agree.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's an interesting little tidbit to drop your way. Um, Man, we have several different interesting things we're going to be doing today on the show, uh, but I'm not really necessarily sure which one you want to do next.
0: Uh, Let's talk about Hobbs & Shaw's Dwayne Johnson game to join Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool franchise. Let's talk about that.
1: Um, So I guess that Rob Layfield, the creator of Deadpool... Went and saw this Hobbs and Shaw movie, which is the Fast and the Furious sequel franchise movie spinoff thing that The Rock and uh, Jason Statham are doing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Ryan Reynolds is in it.
0: Yep, well I didn't I don't know, know that,
1: but apparently he is. I guess, and uh, Rob Layfield tweeted at the rock dearest at the rock based on reports of outstanding chemistry between you and a familiar friend, <clears throat> Ryan Reynolds. I believe the next logical step is to join the Marvel universe as Garrison Kane in a future Deadpool installment. Uh, he said, you're a natural and Kane is already celebrated by millions of comic book fans who have thrilled to his adventures since I first introduced him in X-Force number two. That's an issue that I actually have as well. It's the return of Deadpool and, and the first appearance of Domino as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But The Rock responded. (laughs) He said, Dearest Rob, thank you, amigo. It is true, in Hobbs and Shaw, I have insanely outstanding Mm -hmm. chemistry with our familiar friend. And since you created the character, how does one Garrison Kane get along with the one, and then he used the skull emoji, swim emoji, as in Deadpool? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you can't officially, officially talk about it, but it's like scouting. You know, it's like, man, maybe this is an interesting way to bring The Rock into the MCU.
0: I I, I mean, you and I have talked about it briefly in the past. At what point is Dwayne The Rock Johnson going to make his debut either in the DC Cinematic Universe or um, the MCU, if, if, if my mouth will work when my brain's telling it to? Um, you know, it, it, it's just a matter of time. He He's, you know, top five biggest stars in Hollywood. You know, most people would say he's the biggest star in Hollywood, and I wouldn't disagree at all. Um, is his typical character that he's played here recently what we need in the MCU? Uh, maybe not. But is that character necessary, or does it fit in into the Deadpool franchise, absolutely. You know, I I think back to, and, and it's weird, you know, when I read this article, the first thing I thought of was The Rock's role in the original, or in the Doom movie, you know, that came out in the early 2000s. You know, he's supposed to be this guy who's in charge, and, you know, he's a military man, and then he ends up being the main villain of the movie, and... The Rock's not used to being a guy who plays a villain or, or um, man, I, I was going to say anti-hero, but then, you know, we talked to, about a couple movies that Rock was in during our pre-show, and he's totally an anti-hero in, in most of the movies that he plays in. So, I don't know. I, I, think, it, I think it'll be nice, you know, to have some fresh blood.
1: Well, and the one thing that's really interesting, you speak about The Rock's previous roles and things he's done recently, and I look at the fact that the one thing The Rock does better than anybody else, and with the fact that you're talking about Ryan Reynolds here now having chemistry with him, Mm -hmm. so um, The Rock is amazing at taking his silliness very seriously, Mm -hmm. Like I said, and I'll say it again, and I know I've said it to you, I don't think you've seen it, but Jumanji, it's actually amazing. Like, it'll blow your mind, blow it, whatever. The Rock is the main reason in that, because his, his character is completely not what you're expecting that character to be. And the comic levity, the comedic levity of it all, makes that movie, and it gives it the tone and the pace that that movie makes it shine. So you take that same concept, mix it with this Hobbs and Shaw guy, a little bit of seriousness, a little bit of silliness, this perfect chemistry with Reynolds... Garrison Kane is the character. X Force building, which is something they've teased, which means Cable's coming back. Mm-hmm. Brawling in that as well with the Rock and oh, Reynolds. Yeah. You have one of the most star-studded casts, brother. It is. It would be absolutely out of this fucking planet. The funny, the their ability to just um, riff and be in free form while also telling their story, however they're going to do it. I think it would be a huge win and a giant land for Disney. Mm-hmm. And with the Rock being thrown that possible bone, you know he's sniffing around. Like, is DC gonna fucking ever get to Black Adam? Are we doing that? Is that is still a thing? Are we just joking about it? Like, are you guys still in there, just like playing footsie? What's going on here, man? You know, totally at some agree. point, he, at some point, he's gonna be like, "Look, I'm not getting any fucking younger, and I want to play these characters while I'm still jamming it." You mm-hmm.
0: know? Yeah. Um. You know, the Rock is definitely not a young dude by any stretch of the mean. I mean. Or any stretch of the word, um, you know, he fucking stays in shape better than anyone else in Hollywood, but um he can't do it forever, you know. Um, so yeah, I would love it. I mean, like I Brolin in Deadpool two was part of the reason why uh last year I said that Deadpool Two was actually my favorite movie of twenty eighteen. And not Infinity War, um, you know the 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 total opposite of what Deadpool is on the big screen in Cable was just fucking fantastic. <laughs> Dubsteps for pussies, <laughs> you know, like it's just it was great. So to have to have more of that, I mean, I'm sold. No no problem, no question. Sign me up.
1: Yeah, I like that they're scheming and trying to make that happen. That's one of those, like, oh, fuck yeah, man. Like, hell yeah, man.
0: Oh, hell yeah, man.
1: You got it. You know what's up. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, So there's another comic story that I want to discuss. Okay. It's not nearly as fun or funny or exciting. It's just kind of like, ugh, I can't believe it. But there is a Lawrence, Kansas City comic book writer who has been banned from Kentucky University, accused in four sexual assaults with zero arrests.
0: Yeah, it's pretty pretty messed up.
1: So I'm going to read this directly from KansasCity.com. Uh, it starts with, She can't forget the sound of Across the Universe by the Beatles playing over the speakers. The way his foot brushed up against her thigh as he asked her, How often do you masturbate? It felt wrong to Hannah Strader, then a junior at the University of Kansas, for a guest speaker from her journalism class to ask her that. She had agreed to meet with Jai Nitz, a 43-year-old comic book writer who created a character in the hit movie Suicide Squad, um, because she hoped he would be her mentor. Um, But after the meeting, she said Nitz trapped her against her will in a car and forcibly kissed her. Uh, Strand's account is one of several that have emerged in the past year, accusing Nitz of sexual violence. A Kansas City woman told police Nitz raped her in a parking lot. A woman in Lawrence says Nitz routinely coerced her into sex. Nitz has spent a lot of time on the KU campus in recent years. He was hired to lecture on creative writing and graphic novels and returned at the invitation of professors and campus organization, according to the university's documents and officials. Uh, but despite a pattern of predatory behavior towards female students dating back all the way five years ago to 2014, including uh, Strader's complaints in 2017, uh, the KU did nothing to ban nits from the campus until this year, according to a letter from the provost's office.
0: There's there's no excuse for this at all. There's um, more. <laughs> okay, go on.
1: There's more. Hold on. <laughs> it, it gets way worse. So in all four, women have filed official police reports this year accusing Nitz of sex crimes, crimes, sex crimes, officially. So just let's keep that in mind. The star spoke with three of them and one agreed to be named. The star generally does not identify victims of sexual assault without their permission. Nitz has not been arrested or charged in any criminal case. Uh, Strader and the two women said police let them down, putting the burden on them to solve their own assaults. It is harmful to every. This is a quote from one of the victims, uh, Strader. She says it's harmful to everyone to be told that they are resp- responsibility for your own protection is up to you, and that when something does happen, you're not going to get help in the way that you need it. It puts the victim through a lot more trauma, and I don't think that is fair. Lawrence police and law enforcement officials in Kansas City they say they did their best they could with the information they had. It's a common problem, uh, said Elizabeth Gel- Geljig a professor of psychology who re- researches sexual violence prevention at the City University of New York. The burden of proof in criminal cases is high, and the prosecutors say winning convictions at trial and sexual assault cases can be hard. After allegations against NIT surfaced online in April, he withdrew from public life, and his comic book series was canceled. He spoke, <clears throat> he spoke to comic book industry outlet Bleeding Cool, Saying this is a very difficult time for me and my family, I apologize for my past behaviors and any pain that they caused. I am stepping away from comics and public life. I am seeking counseling and trying to live a better life for my loved ones. Nitz did not respond to the Stars report that's Kansas City Star for comment, um, but Strader said she found it easy to walk away from what happened. She has not found it easy to walk away from what happened. It was scary. A new guest walked into. Strader's journalism class in March of 17, the professor told students that they had five minutes to prep for a mock news conference. Um, she looked up the guest name online. He was a successful writer. Like, he messaged her with invitations. Let's meet for drinks. They met at Zen Zero, a restaurant in downtown Lawrence. She set the bar um, beginning of March Madness. Nitz was 15 minutes late, she remembers. Uh, Nitz bought her a second drink, and that's when it started. He really started working on me, and it was scary. He kept telling her that she was beautiful. He asked her questions about her sex life and whether she was a virgin. She said she told. He told her what it was like meeting celebrities such as Margot Robbie and Will Smith on the set of Suicide Squad. They talked, and um, they heard the cheer of the Jayhawks fans from the bar. Nitz told Strader he graduated from KU in '98, a big year for the basketball team. You would have been pretty young. Uh, She says, I would have been three, okay? And Nitz didn't seem bothered by the age difference. It was almost closing time. He invited her to the burger stand just down the street. She wanted to go home, but felt indebted because Nitz had paid their their tab. So she tagged along at the burger stand across the universe was playing in the restaurant sound system. She remembers, um, nothing's going to change my world. The song goes on and on again. It was her favorite Beatles song. When they sat down the height of the booth, kept the two secluded from other patrons, nips kept persuading Stratter to order more beer. One after another they drank, and she felt order she felt ordered far she felt she ordered far beyond her limit. Sorry, I don't know why I couldn't get that one out. Um, that's when he asked her that question we talked about at the very beginning. His leg was propped up, she said with his foot against her thigh. She thought the question was inappropriate. He responded with I was just curious. Um, and then told her he would think of her later when he got himself off. He went to the bathroom, and she started sneaking away before he came back. She was uncomfortable with him asking her about her sex life. She was taught to be polite, so she didn't get up. When he returned from the restroom, he invited her to a strip club, she remembers, and she said no, but he kept prodding her. And then he began to kiss her. She told him no. Man, and this just keeps... Dude, this is... It's like a super long article. I'm not going to keep reading it, but this guy is scum, bro.
0: There's no... What I was going to say earlier... um, before i before i got even more reason to say that this is unnecessary i mean there's there's no there's no excuse for any of this you know not just his behavior but as far as um you know kansas university and you know the the police force like do do your job do your due diligence you know you're not you're not like the police are not there to decide if someone is guilty or not. It is your job to take the word of a citizen, dispense justice, get this person away from other people, and then let the courts figure out if this guy is guilty or not, which sounds sounds pretty uh, pretty much like a scumbag to me. So, um, shame on you to Kansas University for sure. Uh you know i'm sorry all these women had had to had to go through this for a fucking or with a scumbag dude i mean it's it's 2019 it's 2019 we hear more and more about this um it's just it's unacceptable in in it, i mean that's i i don't have a better way to say it
1: i mean and i and i'm not i'm not trying to justify it at all but i want to say this It's very important to note had that same story been told the same kind of story been told with like a 22 year old kid okay trying to get that information from her. Mm-hmm. It's not the same story at all as what's happening in this actual story. This is a guy who is using his success, using his what he thinks is quote-unquote position of power, throwing around a little bit of money at a girl he sees that's younger and trying to just essentially say I'm going to fuck you is what his end goal is. He He's didn't care about a relationship. He didn't care about befriending her. It was it was it was all for the who say
0: yeah he's a say. he's a he's the the textbook definition of a predator
1: absolutely and uh it, you know the fact that it took them so long to react to this is both shocking and not surprising all at once and i think mm-hmm. you understand where i'm coming from and saying that it's just like we have to be better as a society man shit like this should not be happening right keep it in your fucking pants dudes like listen Women don't like creepy guys and these guys that are, you know, doing fucking awful, terrible shit in our world think that they're indebted by women to be loved or 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 um given respect and love and it's it's harder than that. You need to earn a woman's trust and love and and all that shit and and prove to her that you're going to be who you say you are and, and come to bat when she needs you, but not just like, hey, I'm going to creep on this creep and be creepy and make it super obvious that I'm creeping and then try to ask you for sex. Like, right. it's not working, man. And then you get put in this position where now this dude, like, what did he think was going to happen? He literally sacrificed his comic book career. Like, I need to look up this motherfucker because I want to see what comic character he actually created. Um, I had the fucking article. God damn it. does that always happened to me, man. I tell you. It's like I'll have an article up. I'll go away for a second and the article's just like, oh yeah, fuck you, dude. Sorry. Peace Later. out. Dice says, I got it now. It's pulling back up right now. Okay, cool. Jainitz is his guy. Okay, so J-I-N-I-T-Z creator. Um... Oh, he created El Diablo.
0: Really cool character, but that doesn't mean you get to be a fucking scumbag.
1: Nope. He will not be going to any conventions, I'm certain.
0: (laughs) Hopefully not.
1: We will not be running into him anytime soon also, I hope, (laughs) because, uh, oh shit. I found more, I think. Oh, yeah. Hey, check this out. Okay, so here's another thing from him. Apparently, he sent this to some lady uh, who's married. He says to her, we've never been introduced, and that explains a little more about the Sunstone stuff. Learning to write is something I'm used to teaching. Learning to write what you want is going to open the floor for some specific adult questions. If that's not okay, you need to tell me. And she says, no, that's perfectly fine. I've learned, to be perfectly blunt, a pretty great policy in life, so ask away. And he just asked, if you, are you into the BDSM uh, lifestyle?
0: <laughs> hey, do you have time to hear about our Lord and Savior, Leather?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, there's another one, dude. There are tons of screenshots people are posting of this dude's creepy-ass messages online. You guys can find it. Just Google Ginets if you're wanting to learn about like this guy, what he's about. Maybe get a visual on him so he ho- hopefully doesn't predatorily creep on you. Um, people out there that are listening to the podcast who might be in Kansas City right now or in uh, Kentucky is what I meant to say. I don't know why I said Kansas City. Fuck me. Well, I think um, you said
0: Kansas City because I said Kansas earlier when I meant to say Kentucky.
1: Don't even worry about it. It was just in my brains. It's fine. But, uh, yeah, he created El Diablo, and that's pretty much it, and that's all this guy did. And then he's you know had this career, gambled it, and he lost, I think because um, you don't come back from this now not in 2019 I don't see this guy just all of a sudden ended up on circuits again
0: hopefully Hope, not, Hopefully, he does not come back from this
1: you know, you're not going to see him at San Diego Comic Con Comic-Con or Wizard World or C2E2 or something like that you're not going to see him out and about doing things like he said he's going back to the private life I wonder why you done fucked up
0: mm-hmm. yeah scumbag don't be like that folks don't be this guy
1: don't be this guy. I'm going to shift gears again. This goes back to our earlier conversation. AP just messaged me, dude, just now on the show. Okay. And he asked a question that I think is so worthy of talking about on the podcast. We started to talk about it earlier and cover it, but he opens up a gateway question for you, and I'm about to blow your mind. Okay. Uh, AP sends me the question. He asks, do you think that Kevin Conroy as Old Man Batman could tease, say, Terry McGinnis?
0: God, I hope so. Please. Oh, <laughs> Please. Like, I, I asked you, you know, we talked about it during episode 100 on Tuesday. Um, in the in our lifetime, do we get a live-action adaptation of Batman Beyond? Unanimously, it was pretty much probably not. Or if we do get it, is it going to be good? Probably not. Um, well, I you know, said the
1: only way I think it would be good is if CW handles it.
0: Right. Do And then add a to add to that question I said in our lifetimes do we get a modern adaptation or modern rendition of animated Batman Beyond same same, b- mixed bag of results um, if, if the fucking CW is going to do it do it and do it well like you've done everything else well it doesn't have to be perfect it does not have to be cast a no name guy as Terry McGinnis like, I I don't need uh Matt Damon as Terry McGinnis. Like, don't don't break the bank on on who you're gonna cast. Just just write a good story. Especially you know if you're gonna do Batman Beyond, do some good fucking cinematography. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to do it. So, if you want to reinvigorate fans that you may or may not have lost, whether it's through kind of the lulls in each of the CW shows. Um, If you want to bring those people back, make fucking Batman Beyond, and you've got it, I'm sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Okay, I'm going to switch gears yet again. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to switch gears based on your preference. Do we want to go down the route of looking at this amazing 25 list? that was sent to us by our now co-member of the Journey into Comics Network, Alex Buckles? Yes. Or do we want to briefly touch on this ridiculously awesome game I played?
0: Uh, I think we can do both. We, do, I mean, with, with Buckles' list, we just don't need to gush about each character for an hour.
1: Yeah, we can't do that. It'll take too, 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 too damn long. Mm-hmm. Um okay, well I'll just read down the list real fast then, yeah?
0: Yeah, we can um jump in anytime we need to.
1: Sure, we'll start back at 25, The Crow, Eric Draven, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh not, love that not character.
0: Not not one that I expected either. Yeah, his
1: list is definitely filled with that like oh, oh, oh. Uh so you got Eric Draven as uh The Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh dead shot at 24. Great from character. The, yep, absolutely. Floyd Lawton. Uh, from The Watchmen at number 23, Ozymane Dias. Uh, DC Universe, John Constantine at 22. Love it. Yep. The Punisher at 21. I like that Constantine and Punisher are next to each other. That makes mm-hmm. my brain tingle. Uh, 20 at Sabretooth.
0: That's a, that's one that you don't... like. When when I when I sit down with people and we start nerding out, Sabretooth is not one that gets brought up very often. But, you know, to the character of Wolverine, one of the most important characters in his story, I feel like. So maybe maybe a little bit of an underappreciated character.
1: Totally agree. Totally agree. So uh at nineteen we've got the thing. At eighteen, we've got Bane. That makes my brain tingle, just thinking of those two next to each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, 17, you've got uh, Wesley from Wanted. I think that character was the guy that was, uh, oh, what's his name? I can see, James McAvoy.
0: James McAvoy, yep.
1: Yeah, in, in, the, in the movie. Uh, at 16, you got Ghost Rider. Love it. Giggity goo. 15, Red Hood.
0: One of my favorite... One of my favorite characters in all of DC ever.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This next one... Okay, real quick, Red Hood. There's one thing to question. Okay. Go ahead. As the Red Hood, are you talking... Because there's like different... I guess I'm more asking what do you think he's talking about? Is it the... OG Red Hood as in Joker Iteration Red Hood or are we Talking Jason Todd reformed Red Hood badass do you think
0: Uh, I would imagine It is I'm just gonna guess and say It's original Red Hood But my guts telling me that it's Jason Todd I mean I could talk to him Real quick
1: You're like I can just send him a message right now It is in fact 2019 we can solve this Mystery Yeah, I want clarification on that. I just I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, I can't go past Red Hood and start talking about his fourteen until I'm, you know, certain Mm -hmm. of how this is going to be played out. Um, So while you're doing that, I will. I guess I will briefly touch on thirteen because it's Dwight from Sin City, Mm -hmm. who I think is uh, okay. Dwight would have to be. Um. Is that uh, fucking what was? I can't think of the actor's name. Pretty boy type. Ah, fuck.
0: Ugh, oh, Kevin I Klein. D- not Kevin I, Klein. I, I just, I, ju- I just had it in my head. Um.
1: Here, I'm gonna look it up. Dwight. Sin. City. Is. clive owen played him yep that yep as did josh brolin mm-hmm. apparently in the sequel yeah which i haven't seen the sequel yet actually i haven't either yeah i don't know why i didn't really ever have the you know will to do that uh do we have uh any knowledge upon this uh rock of red hoodedness
0: uh I messaged him. I'm waiting for him to get back with me so we can just keep cranking down the we'll, list.
1: We'll keep yeah, soldiering on, as you said. At number 13 is the man with adamantium bones, claws coming out of his self, and full-blown regeneration. Holy shit, you can even cut his head off, and I think he'll come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolverine.
0: Love it. He was in my top five. A little bit Ab- sad that he's down the list.
1: Absolutely, man, but there are so many different... He... he this is like a little bit of everything like this is the the paprika as it were of mm-hmm. uh of lists it has a lot of a lot of all over the place stuff at number twelve another one of your uh your in your top two was this was your number two right i do believe uh Hulk
0: mm-hmm Hulk smash he needs to smash his way farther up this list take the stairs take <laughs> the stairs.
1: <sighs> Punches the wall. Yep.
0: <laughs> I, l- I love that scene in Endgame when he just fucking shit plows Tony Stark. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna go grab a quick slice. Boom! Just fucking runs him over. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was a Tony Stark there. Not anymore. Yep. KO'd. Uh, at number 11, Abe Sapien, the man from Hellboy. Which, you know what is honest? I've never read a Hellboy comic. I really, really, really like the Aww, character from the movies, come on, but man. it's not—it's not that I've not wanted to. It's just that I don't even know where a starting point is because I feel like I was so late to the game. Like I don't even know where to begin. There's it's so great. much Hellboy to read.
0: All of it. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> all of it. It I, is all good. <laughs> I have clarification. Sure. Jason Todd. I'm gonna—I'm gonna read this in—in in his words. Sure. You mean between Jason Todd and the Joker? JT all day, super compelling character, and when I say that, folks, he's talking about Justin Timberlake playing Jason Todd in the DC Cinematic Universe. Give me that smile. (laughs) Give me that smile. You
1: know, yeah, the Crimea River. Yep. No,
0: I, I, I I totally dig it. Uh, Fucking Jason Todd as Red Hood is, it's, it's flawless. I mean, it's just good. It's real good. It's
1: real. It's 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 <laughs> damn fine.
0: It's real good. And real good. At number right. ten, Taters. we're
1: breaking. We're breaking into his top ten now. All right. Mm-hmm. Jesse Custer from Preacher.
0: Not not really one that I'm not not that the, I'm not a fan of the character, but uh, I've never watched the show or read any of the comics. I'm just not really into it.
1: You know what's funny? I'm going to tell you a true story right now. I started watching. Preacher right when it first debuted and because of the company that I was watching it with I hated it because of how they responded to the show mm-hmm. but those people aren't in my life and that's a good thing it's not like I'm sad for my losses that it, it's trust me It, I mean they're not technically fully out of my life because I have to see them every time we drop Ollie off but anyways um, I think I want to give the preacher show a chance because I do really want to read the comics as well. And I know mm. that I sometimes need to be persuaded by the, the visual of it to really be like, okay, now I want to read the story and really know what they're trying to do.
0: That makes sense.
1: At number nine
0: Magneto. Yeah. He was in my top 10 too. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. As is number eight and seven on this list. Right is deadpool was on your list right am i crazy
0: i had deadpool at number
1: yeah you're gonna get there for me
0: i had deadpool at number eight and i had magneto at number six so wow yeah, so pretty close you both actually both
1: 10. you both ranked him at number eight that's crazy Mm-hmm. um i love deadpool i have deadpool kicks
0: yeah, I'm pretty still pretty jealous of those. Every time every time I've went to get superhero tennis shoes, they sell out of the ones that I want immediately. Yeah,
1: man, that's how it works, too. You just got to like almost have your finger on the pulse or order them online ahead of time or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But uh I was going to say, oh, that's what I was going to look up. I wanted to say that I'm looking on my list cuz I have my list still posted somewhere. I want to see where Deadpool ranked for me, because I feel like he might have also been eight, and that would be fucking crazy. No, he was at number nine. (laughs) Man, that's close. Barry Allen was number eight. Mm. Boo. Yeah, but... Boo boo Flash. No, don't boo Flash. He's amazing. (laughs) Uh, At number seven, your number one, Venom. Mm -hmm. We already know all the reasons we love Venom. Number six, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite characters... Me from too. The Watchmen. Rorschach. He
0: he is my favorite character in The Watchmen.
1: Uh, I mean, I like Rorschach so much, I named my outside mama cat after Rorschach because mm-hmm. her back looks like his face.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, brother.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Uh, Hell yeah. At number five, Cassidy from Preacher, which again, we don't know that character, probably. I don't nope. know that character. I know Jesse Custer, because he's the main dude. He is like the Preacher. Or whatever, but I don't know about Cassidy. Uh number 4, Batman.
0: What my my question is always which Batman.
1: Ask him. Ask away. <laughs> Maybe he'll have an answer as we're finishing up this list here. We've I got like,
0: I feel like I would be doing him a disservice to ask him that one digitally. Cuz it's got to be Bruce. I'll, I'll ask him that one on in person. My favorite Batman, not to steal his thunder, is Terry McGinnis.
1: I know that's we we've definitely discussed that.
0: It's my favorite.
1: Yeah. Uh, number three, Marv from Sin City, true story. I once wrote a song about Marv called "Urban Cowboy." That's a real thing. You can look it up on the internet. It's real. Um,
0: that's my favorite character in Sin City. Yeah, Big he's the man. Marv.
1: Fuck yeah. That was Mickey Rourke, right? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Number two, not Joaquin Phoenix, but the Joker.
0: <laughs> uh for all of you uh, listening to this show currently or in the past or in the future or whatever timeline you're listening to it on, uh, prepare for Nate Phillips and I to jab uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker every moment up until we see it. Thank you. This has We're been a gonna
1: fucking ser- punch it in the fucking <laughs> face until we can't fucking find it anymore.
0: This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the Journey in the Comics Network.
1: Featuring Tyler and Nate, kicking ass and taking names.
0: Number one, I saw this one coming. Uh, it's 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 Big Red himself with the right hand of doom, Hellboy.
1: Oh yeah, Hellboy. I, and I feel like uh, Buckles saw the movie and wasn't necessarily a fan, but I can't remember exactly what his stance was on the movie.
0: He enjoyed it because it was a Hellboy movie, but it was an awful movie, just in general. So, um, kind of, kind of like me, or myself, retaking this journey into comics. I feel like you definitely need to read Hellboy. Start anywhere. Start at book number one. Uh, start, start, start somewhere because. You know once once all the characters get introduced and and you know you start to pick up on, on some of the stuff that was in the um, Guillermo de Toro movies you will you will fall in love with that character even more because I read Hellboy a little bit like very briefly when I was a kid my dad got him and then you know I got him secondhand and then when I saw the movies I, I, I doubled down on the character you know I haven't read all of Hellboy, but I, I've, I've read a, a good portion for sure. And um, you know, when I made my initial 25, I feel kind of bad because he wasn't on that list, and he should have been on that list somewhere for me. So we
1: can always amend the lists. Don't worry, it's not the end well, of the world.
0: Well, I'm a I'm a big fan of what you and I talked about, kind of after the fact, that I'm gonna make basically three different renditions of this list because I'm so indecisive and so uh basic I guess that I can't out of all those characters I can't just pick 25 so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be that guy
1: I'm gonna invite uh AP to do a list for us of 25 I also want to get him a random origin I want to have Nick do a random twenty, a top twenty-five. I mean, some of the people like V and Sarah and Brando and Dick even were part of that, so they all made lists. So there are some, you know, new blood, fresh on the water for the JICN, and I want to uh, make sure all you guys are represented and have your lists because it's it is cool to see like what people think is the best superhero, what you know resonates with any certain person, mm-hmm. obviously. One um, thing one thing that ahead. I
0: will I will point out about uh Mr. Buckles's list is a lot of similarities when it came to villains for for uh uh his and eyes lists and a big theme of anti-heroes uh, absolutely be- between the preacher and and sin city characters and then obviously hellboy and venom towards the top of the list so dig it love your list buckles
1: Yes. At some point soon, we're going to have Buckles on uh, mm-hmm. to do the show. We've already talked about it, obviously. It's on the list of things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's jump forward now into a little bit of a review section, talking a little bit. Tyler, I blew up the Elite Four chat or the Elite Network chat now because there's five of us and possibly mm-hmm. six. But um, I blew that chat up because on Wednesday we had our friend Cody over and and, you know, Cody is our, like, super nerdy, quiet, keeps-to-himself type friend. He really likes playing board games and stuff. He also happens to have a fuck ton of money. So he backs Kickstarters like no one's business. If you're if you're a Kickstarter and he can back you and there's something worth his money, he'll give you the maximum amount of money he can give you to get the coolest shit for Kickstarter.
0: Okay, let me ask you this. Sure. I start a Kickstarter right now. Sure. That is literally just a Polaroid, a literal Polaroid of me doing this.
1: Hold on, let me see. I got. I got to turn the. Hold on. Okay.
0: Will he back that?
1: Well, well, are you gonna give him a, like a twenty foot by twenty foot portrait of that for like two hundred bucks?
0: I will give him a twenty foot by twenty foot Polaroid. <laughs> <laughs> yes of then me, probably of me in the david hasselhoff era baywatch get up running oh on the beach like this
1: oh my gosh he would be terrified
0: for about 2500 bucks
1: okay he he might get down on it uh it, it was pretty random but he might be all about that life who knows maybe you'll uh tickle his fancy in that regard
0: i just i just had to throw it out there
1: Okay, I'm gonna. I'll keep that in mind. I'll remember to ask them that <laughs> next time I see him. But uh, he backed this thing, Power Rangers: Heroes of the Grid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is this, board. It's an. It's like an interactive board game, role playing type game type thing. It's. It's. It seems convoluted, kind of, but the setup is very easy. The playing style is very fun. It's really addictive to play. Most games should only take an hour. Our first playthrough took four and a half hours, um, because there were a couple things that went wrong in setup that we didn't quite understand. That we've now been given clarification on, mm-hmm. and uh, so the game is pretty cool because there's a cir- circle that is the command center of the Rangers. That's the center of the board. Then you put four uh, like pieces of the pie together to have your map, and those are the four different areas where putties or monsters can show up. You can deploy the rangers wherever with one move, then it's one action to fight them. You have cards. The cards aren't just for fighting. They also double as your defense. So if you don't have any cards in your deck, and you are pretty much dead. So the game, it's really fun to play. The miniatures are what really makes it special, because... It comes with if as he backed the biggest thing. So he got all these miniatures, all the different expansions that don't exist technically yet. Shattered grid variant. You know, he you you don't get Tommy with the regular box. With his version, he got Green Ranger. He got Red Ranger with the Green Ranger Shield. He got fucking White Ranger. Uh Zed is not a base villain. He get you get Zed. You get um, Rito Revolto. I mean, like, it's huge. They go they so in-depth. If you go on to the Power Ranger Heroes of the Grid Kickstarter, you can see the top-tier backed thing is cool. fucking absolutely massive. They do fully intend for you to paint the miniatures, which I hate that I saw them painted because now I want him to paint the fucking miniatures because they mm-hmm. look so much cooler. Like, they're pretty cool now, but, like, okay, I mean, for example... When, that is when, some
0: that is something that I've pushed back against for years. I shouldn't have to paint miniatures. Just just make them paint it.
1: Yeah, no, I get that, too, but I think some people like the project of doing it. It's more of a fun hobby. Like, right. Because you, you don't have to, you know? And it mm-hmm. also kind of saves on the overall cost, because they don't have to do extra paint for multiple prints or whatever. Right. So... When you play the game, one of the things, one of the features of the game is to at some point bring out the Zords. That's part of Power Rangers, right? So mm-hmm. for every six monsters or putty you defeat, or well, for every monster you defeat or boss, you get a token that gives you one of the Zords. But okay. for every six putty you defeat, you also get to move that counter. So you can go through and just like boom, 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 unlock all the Zords. And any time during the game, use powers. You can use them at any point in the game. But Megazord, when you get the base game, only comes with this little medallion that just shows the Megazord's picture. The version our dude got fucking comes with the biggest miniature of the fucking Megazord I've ever seen. It was absolutely stunning. And like that, and again, it drew me to it. The game is so much fun. But, anyways my buddy cody wrote a review back to the kickstarter and it's it's kind of wordy he kind of explains what we did how we did it wrong but it's it's better i think to use his words to explain the gameplay because he is really you'll see he's meticulous so here we go are you ready
0: Mm -hmm.
1: from the brain of cody He says, so two friends and I, that's Sarah and myself and him, took a crack at the game tonight after they got to look over all the items I had received. It was a process in and of itself. We basically played the standard game aside from me, Nate, wanting to use Tommy, Green Ranger, of course, since White Ranger has a misprinted deck. There was an error with that instead of Billy, Um, though there were three of us Two controlled two Rangers and only one wanted one Ranger. So it was like as if we had five players in the game. The first couple rounds were okay. We had some decent luck with the deployment draws and were able to keep those areas cleared. Ended up with Madame Woe as our first monster. Took her out faster than I thought we would. There were a few fine print things that we missed at first, but I don't think they would have affected the outcome too much at that point. The game took a turn for the worst when we suddenly had both Nasty Knight and Rita, who's the main game boss, come out at the exact same deployment round and the instant panic kind of messed us up. So every part of the board that you play... If six putty or five putty, depending on what the little token says, are on that board portion, it's in panic mode. If all four portions go to panic mode, you lose the game. So there's like many ways to lose the game, only one way to win, that's defeating all the monsters and killing off Rita. Mm -hmm. So... He goes on to say, uh, pretty sure we ended up deploying it all correctly, but it was a bit worrisome. Regardless, taking out Nasty Knight in the normal su- and Super Putties uh, there helped unlock all the other Zords, plus the Megazord. We loved having the deluxe figure out for that. The next deployment, we went into a gray area that I don't know if we treated correctly. We would have lost all four areas being panicked, but we used the Mastodon Zord to instantly wipe out a Putty because every Zord has a different like um, bonus or whatever. But, you know, anyways, he goes on to talk about the second round. We fought against it. It was very, very brutal. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase here because it's very, very, very long winded. But we battled for hours because every section was in, well, every section but one was in panic. So we would go through the actions, clear on all these putty, and then the next deployment round, more putty would get redeployed to these areas. So it was like a never-ending, arduous battle. So we would stop, we'd fight one of the bosses, one of the battles. It was. It's, it's really cool to see in action. I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it to you folks now. I'm sure this is not nearly as entertaining as playing the game. But um, it's super immersive as a Power Ranger fan. It was definitely the best way they could have done a board game. And also, in my opinion, it's my favorite game now to play in the tabletop style. Like I want to go back to it a hundred times. We've already planned like sometime this week. He's coming over. We're playing it again. It has to happen. It was it was so so interesting just to be, cause you get immersed. And and the cool thing about the gameplay that's really fun is it's not like if you me and a couple other people were playing Tyler, and we're gonna fight this boss. Mm-hmm. You could say hey I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna go first cause this move that Billy let's say has. Is gonna trigger all you to have one less power that you have to take. And that's gonna help us win this battle faster. And it's like, oh yeah, of course we're gonna do that. It helps buff everybody, then we move on, they attack once, then we go on, somebody else says I'll attack this round. Boom. You know, and it and, and there's no real super structure. It's very much like a fight. You're deciding and teaming up, and that's another great thing. Everybody is working together against the board, it's not competitive.
0: Hmm, cool. So yeah I'm- when when you when you started blowing the chat up about it, uh I was instantly sold. So
1: Yeah, I, I mean, looked I, at I, it and I was just like, Holy shit, this is so much. <laughs> he had like literally a thirty five pound box of shit that they sent him. <laughs> it was insane. Nice. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I don't know if we have anything else to dive into, do we, that I know of?
0: Uh, Not that I know of. I, th- I think this is a, a good place to wrap it up. We've got a uh, medium-length episode this week. It feels good.
1: Hell yeah, man. I'm all about that life. Well, as always, folks, you guys can check out the Journey into Comics podcast at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox. Tune in. Many others. Hey, Alexa. Play Journey into Comics Network. Now you can get us on your Amazon devices. I haven't tried it with the Google or the Siri devices yet, so I don't know if we're all, how that shit all works and operates on your on your shit. But I know for a fact that you can say that to your Alexa and get us to come up, and it's really funny to hear her say our episode titles because mm-hmm. she'll be like, "Now listening to Journey into Comics Network, the OGS 001. Calm down, your skin." I'm just like, thanks so much. You've done a great job. Alright folks, hey, you can hey. also what's up?
0: Hey, stand by stand by real quick. I'll do a quick experiment. Sure. Hey Google. Play Journey into Comics Network on Spotify. She didn't hear me
1: right. Okay, it's no big deal. We'll figure it out later. I like that you tried it live on the podcast, though. You're like, hey, let me see if this just works.
0: Well, she's sitting right next to me, so. Oh, yeah.
1: Hell, yeah. Of course she can't hear you or understand what the fuck you're saying.
0: Right. She's my sidekick in the throne, so um, she's pretty dumb.
1: <laughs> she's pretty dumb. I like that.
0: <laughs> she's a, back, a backwoods Google.
1: Backwoods Google is the episode title for sure. Okay. (laughs) Also, folks, go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Your money helps. It really helps. It sincerely helps. I just got to pay the co-founder of the Journey into Comics Network, Brando, 15 bones to ensure that we have the journey into comics.com rights still because we could have lost them. Holy shit. That wouldn't have been fun. All right, folks. I think that's going to do it. For this week's episode of Journey into Comics, this has been Journey into Comics 255. What did we say about Google? Backwoods Google? It's Backwoods, backwoods Google. Google. Hell yeah. All right. I've been Nate.
0: And I've been Tyler.
1: And as always, we will see you folks later. You're going to pop your calves back. Tell them what to do, my friend.
0: And fill your brains with shit.
1: Later, guys.